Hi, it's Mark Stenson of Bioscience Bridge. I wanted to personally thank you for stopping by our podcast, The Patient Speak. Right now, we're preparing for a whole new season to be launched in September. In the meantime, I wanted to reissue some past interviews with healthcare executives, patient advocates, medical researchers, and other guests who share their insights on what it takes to accelerate the patient's journey. Hope you enjoy it. And now's the time to subscribe to The Patient Speak so you won't miss a new episode when we start our new season in September. Thanks for listening. Welcome to The Patient Speak, healthcare innovations accelerating the patient journey. Featuring interviews with healthcare leaders, patient advocates, medical providers, and researchers. Here's your host, best-selling author, Mark Stinson. And Cass, Heal Mary as a clinical trial connector on bridge between the patients and some of these trials. It's got some fascinating technology behind it, but it also is based on a family story of your own. And I wondered if you could share that with us. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you started this podcast with you. What do patients want to be heard about? From my experience being caregiver to not only my mom, who was stage four, but both of my sisters who got cancer in 2017. The idea is, for me, it was, why are options so hard? Why is knowing that there are options so hard? What are those options and how can we make it easier? And so from both the patient side, but what we've built was based on that belief is there's got to be an easier way. And so taking that personal motivation and applying that to founding your company, Heal Mary, it's not just a technology play. It's using technology, but maybe give us a little insight into the platform and how it works. Yeah, it's based on good technology. But as you said, that this isn't a technology play. It's really about using the technology to make it easier for people like myself who don't have a science background and we're thrust into a sort of a situation where you're trying to understand what is happening and at the same time understand what are the options, what's out there. I don't think anyone ever really gets set up to prepare for a rare disease or a serious illness in their family. So when it's all thrust upon you, it's very fast moving. And the way that we've evolved are people who are connected to patients, who are dealing with those concerns and understanding what the needs are. And that's really what has shaped our technology. As much as to your point, it's not a technology play. It's about using the technology for those people who are interacting with patients or who are patients or caregivers themselves to make the process easier. We started Virgo back in 2017 with a mission to improve patient outcomes and clinical workflows in healthcare by developing automation and AI tools for endoscopy. And endoscopy is a, it's a huge part of the healthcare ecosystem. It's oftentimes many patients first kind of interaction with with the healthcare system in their journey, whether it's a colonoscopy or an upper endoscopy, either for screening purposes or because they're dealing with some sort of ailment. Um, And when we started the company, we recognized that the documentation for endoscopy was fairly lacking. We felt like there was a huge opportunity to help create an easy to use solution for doctors to capture these videos and use them for all sorts of purposes. And so now today we provide the leading cloud video capture management and AI analysis platform for endoscopy. We've got a small device, similar in form factor to an Apple TV 
it's very easy to install and we connect this to any existing endoscopy system that a physician may be using. And then the device uses machine learning to automatically start and stop video capture. Procedures just automatically get recorded and securely transferred to our HIPAA compliant web portal. What we think we're going to be able to bring through the Constellation platform is that level of kind of guidance and education with patients through a clinical trial as well. When you have these complex trials in inflammatory bowel disease, for example, not only is it difficult to find the patients to enroll the study, it's actually, it can be difficult to maintain those patients over the course of the study and prevent them from dropping out. Oftentimes a patient may show up for a clinical study, they receive the initial treatment, and maybe they start to feel better and they think, I don't need to show up for my follow-up visits. While it's great that they feel better, that can be really detrimental to a clinical study if you're losing these patients to follow up. And so beyond just connecting the dots for finding these patients and getting them enrolled initially, we think it could be really beneficial to maintain that connection with the patients uh, and keep them engaged and active in the clinical trial over the course of the study. And maybe that looks something like for their six-month check-in colonoscopy, there's a registered nurse navigator that explains to them again, here's what was seen during your colonoscopy, here's how your treatment is progressing, and here's what's next in the clinical trial and why it's so important for you to keep coming back for the follow-up visits. I think listeners may perk up a little bit and wonder how a listening podcast is going to data and science and data science analytics. But how, from your point of view, and you've had experience in all sorts of computational roles, including with Grail and 23andMe and now NutriSense, how does the data help us listen better to the patients? I think fundamentally the value of data and what we call data science and analytics is to tell a story, is to help us understand a broader context that we maybe aren't able to observe just through anecdotal experience. And I think with respect to telling stories about the patient experience or giving us more insight into a particular aspect of disease, data can be an amazingly objective and comprehensive tool for helping us understand what's going on. Very good. And I guess to tell that story, how do you look at the data and begin to craft the story through the patient's voice? In other words, you're trying to bring that data alive, aren't you? Yes, yes. Standard practice that that I use when thinking about a particular question or problem is to look at it from a holistic picture, a pattern. Let's say we're studying a group of a thousand individuals and we want to understand how sleep impacts their metabolism, we're going to look at those thousand individuals and we're going to ask questions of the entire data set. And we may have some statistics and some summary numbers, but then we also want what I think of as a vignette, an individual person. Let's look at their journey, their data over a period of a month. And let's see, here's where this person got a really bad nights of sleep. And here's where we see subsequently a day or two or even three later, they're struggling to recover from carbohydrate intake in a way that they haven't before. So it's combining the, the entire data set and the rigorous statistical analyses we would run to come up with a scientifically valid answer and overlaying that with an individual's data to say, but this is what it looks like for an, a single person, not just 
a sum of a bunch of data points. And Olga, the presenters of this podcast are involved in patient recruitment of many kinds, patient engagement, but also patient recruitment for clinical trials. And you mentioned the difference between maybe diaries and food tracking. How would true data tracking help in a clinical trial type setting? It depends very much on the outcomes you want to measure, but certainly people in the pharma space are familiar with the fact that in most trials, you will have your responders and then you'll have your non-responders. You'll have people who tolerate the medication and you'll have people who have side effects. Understanding exactly why and who those people are and being able to predict is in some sense, the holy grail of therapeutic development. In a previous role, I worked on projects to use genetics to try and predict drug efficacy. And during my time at 23andMe, I was very interested to learn how we can use, how we can use population level genetics to try and guess at which drugs would and wouldn't have side effects. Certainly understand, okay, I don't want to get too far off the path here. I have a lot to say about genetics because I spent so much time thinking about it during my career. But I think to bring it back to the main point, data, if gathered across the right dimensions, can help you understand why you may be seeing certain outcomes. And if we think about something like glucose, I think it could be a really fascinating marker to track when we look at how people respond to a therapeutic, whether that therapeutic is directly to address metabolic disease or not. Because as I just said a little bit earlier, it can be thought of as a vital sign. And understanding that vital sign uh, can be useful in unpacking the mystery of why some people respond well to a drug and others don't. Well, these are great topics. And I guess, you know, right from the start, as we think about the patients speaking, if we had a chance to talk to a patient that you're serving, what is their biggest need? What is their problem? Or sometimes we say gap. What, what is it that the patients need in this area of precision medicine? That's a great question. And we can probably spend an hour on just that. I think what I'll preface it with is that we're at an incredible point in history and modern medicine is going to advance more in the next 10 years than the last, call it 50 years combined is is the consensus. Now, why is that going to happen? It's because of the advancements and the convergence of technologies that you mentioned, artificial intelligence, precision medicine, genomics, more data and higher compute capacity to process that data. And that data, by the way, is absolutely useless if you cannot collect it, clean it, refine it and then produce an outcome, right? So all the Fitbits people wear and Apple watches and other sensors collects a ton of data and it's a gold mine, but you got to be able to mine it to unlock that value. Now, if you're going to, as the oncologists say, increase the PFS and the OS, the progression-free survival or the overall survival of the patient, it's all about better detection, treatment, and monitoring. So DTM. And where we come in on the cure metric side is the detection where it's our women's health suite, where we detect breast cancer and heart disease from the same mammogram, no extra radiation, no extra discomfort. And we could definitely get delve into that because early detection is, we all know it's so critical, whether it's colon cancer or heart disease or breast cancer, or diabetes, it's just so important to know as early as possible. So imagine if a a woman at the age of 40 goes in for her first mammogram, she's skinny, she's fit, she exercises, doesn't have family history of heart disease, 
and they tell her you have breast arterial calcification, and now she can go to a cardiologist, know that she has that condition, get on statins earlier. Um, and again, just getting on the statins reduces the risk of a cardiac event by 50 to 60%. So that knowledge is power, and that'll add decades of life to that individual. On the cure match side, it's for patients that already have cancer, and it's not just women's health, it's pan cancer, so any cancer for man, woman, or child. And that's where, again, the, every cancer being different, as Dr. Kurzrock says, cancer like a snowflake, no two snowflakes ever look the same. And so to truly deliver the best optimal combination, it's got to be based on that patient's specific molecular profile of their cancer. And so other companies and labs will do the biopsy and sequencing of that and produce their report, which is called the NGS report, the Next Generation Sequencing Report, to the layperson. I say that's like the 23andMe of their specific cancer. And that's mm -hmm. our input. We take that in to then say out of the four and a half million combinations of drugs, here's the best combination one, two, three for this specific patient as our decision support report for the oncologist to then review with the patient in the care of that, of their situation and their cancer. Thanks for listening to The Patient Speak, healthcare innovations accelerating the patient journey with Mark Stinson. You can listen to our show on any of your favorite podcast apps. Subscribe now so you won't miss an episode of the patients speak. This podcast is produced by BSB Media. We also host another show you might enjoy, Unlocking Your World of Creativity. It's a top-rated podcast featuring interviews with creators around the world. We help you gain the confidence and connections to launch your creative work out into the world. Look for Unlocking Your World of Creativity on your favorite podcast app.